Hello, welcome to another episode of LFC Reactions. This one, FC Midgillen versus Liverpool in the Champions League slash friendly match. Why I said, um, why, I, why I have said slash friendly match is because essentially Liverpool had nothing to play for, finishing top of the group as winners with one game to spare. It's the rare occurrence for Liverpool to be in this situation Typically, we are used to Liverpool needing all six games to qualify. Last year, if you remember, we had to play Salzburg needing a point to go through. Um, the year before that, Napoli at home. And the year before that, Spartak Moscow. So we've always needed six games. But for the, this is the one year where we can take a breather. Um, and it was a much needed breather because... Obviously, we are in a pandemic and the fixtures coming in more thick and fast than usual. And with the Christmas schedule as it is, there's just no time, um, period, really. So it was the perfect time to rotate players. Um, we'll see how much rotation was actually made. We'll get into that. Um, Midgillen also had nothing to play for. They finished bottom in their group. They could have won, drawn or lost. They would have still finished bottom of the table. It was between Atalanta and Ajax to decide who will get that runners-up spot. So, with both teams having nothing to play for, you would either see great free-flowing football or a bit of a hit-and-miss kind of game. Did we see either? Did we see something else? I'll get into that as well. So, let's get into the lineup of this game. Um... In goal, you had Kelleher. Left back, you had um, Tamiscus. Centre back, you had Fabinho and Reese Williams. Right back, you had Trent Alexander Arnold. In your midfield three, you had Leighton Clarkson. Um, you had Naibi Kato, you had Minamino. Up front, you had Diogo Jota. Um, Diva Karigi and Mohamed Salah. So you're probably thinking, looking at that lineup, thinking, "Wow, uh, I thought Klopp was gonna rotate more heavier than this. This feels like a half babyish side, half first team side." And yes, we were all under the illusion Klopp would rotate heavily for some reason. Maybe he couldn't because of the current injuries we have. So maybe not everyone that was under 23 slash under 18 level were worthy of the step up. Um, from back to front, Kelleher also starting his third game. Um, fair play to him. Adrian still not able to get a game, which means he's definitely third choice goalkeeper now. Because in the back of my mind, I thought Adrian would be the one starting just in case something happened to Kelleher and just in case um, Alisson is unable to return from match fitness in time. Obviously, Jurgen Klopp said it was a week or two, but I think with Alisson, it might be a bit longer than that because I remember in the interview he said, I made sure the doctors tried to do something different to get me back. And he said he wasn't in uncomfortable pain. It was just weird sort of pain. 
So whatever that weird sort of pain he's currently going through, he might be trying to get the knots out of that so that he's actually fully fresh to play. And he rushed himself because he probably saw the state of Adrian in goal at the time and how detrimental he was to Liverpool Football Club at the time. Um, obviously, Keller has been brilliant. Premier League debut, clean sheet. Champions League debut, clean sheet. It was just about for him to get keep that momentum going. Um, left back to Miskus. Obviously, back up to Robertson. Robertson needed, Robertson needed to rest. Absolutely needed to rest. He didn't get any rest during international break. Um, and he's always been playing full-on 90s or coming on quite late or coming off quite late. So coming off quite late more than coming on quite late. Um, Fabinho starting surprised me. I was very nervous seeing that because I don't want him to suffer from burnout. If you remember last year, December, um, Fabinho was playing a runner games in December and suffered burnout. And um, he got injured and missed the Club World Cup because as a consequence of that. So that was in the back of my mind. Uh, Reese Williams starting was a formality, and he's also started in the Champions League before, so he's used to this kind of condition. And this time he's got the friend. It's it's almost a friendly game, so there's less pressure for him to do well. Trent Alexander Arnold, a special special accolade for Trent Alexander Arnold. He was made the club captain for tonight's game, which makes him. Liverpool's youngest European club captain in the Champions League since Jamie Carragher 20 years ago. That was mentioned. Special accolade to um, Trent Alexander-Arnold for that honour. Born and bred in Liverpool. Um, And he's going to be the future Liverpool captain one day. Let's just be honest. He's going to be the future Liverpool captain. When Henderson gets a little bit older than usual. And he can't do what he used to do. It's gonna come. It's gonna fall to him. It's gonna fall to Trent one day. Um, your midfield three: Leighton Clarkson, an academy player. I haven't really seen of him. I haven't really watched him play properly. Um, so it was the first time getting to see him properly in the DM role. We'll talk about his performance. Obviously, Cater coming back from injury, so. It's just about trying to get up to speed. Minamino starting in midfield. He's trying to show that he's good enough. We'll talk about him. Uh, and up front, um, Diogo Jota, he didn't start against Wolves, but it starts today, so that's fine. Um, Origi, fringe player starting, that's fine. Salah starting was a surprise to me, um, but I guess he had two weeks off from international break. So... I guess Klopp decided he was alright to start and he's just trying to get him in full flow and Salah rarely gets injured so it's one of them ones so anyway so finally let's get into the game sorry about that long intro there Um. anyway the game starts now and boy is there a key moment within like the first minute and a half of the game um, Liverpool were on the counter-attack, Divo Carigi on the ball. You see Salah running, but he doesn't wait for Salah to get to the last line of defence to play that through ball in. Divo Carigi just plays a first-time pass into behind Salah as he's running 
waiting for that cue to get the ball. And then Midgillen picked the ball up. Then Salah realises what's happened. Then he steps in for a tackle. He wins the ball. Then Salah's on the break against the defender. He's kind of one-on-one with the keeper as he's trying to jostle the defender off. He pushes the ball onto his right foot and toe pokes it into the net underneath the keeper's legs. 1-0 Liverpool. Um, Very early goal for Mohamed Salah. And now Mohamed Salah is now Liverpool's all-time leading goal scorer in the Champions League. Crazy. And he's done it in three and a half seasons. Three and a half seasons. He is a legend. The Pharaoh is a legend. He is an absolute legend in his own right. When he decides to call it a day in his Liverpool career, we're going to look back and think, wow, Salah did all this for Liverpool. And he's surpassing Steven Gerrard's record. I did not think it was going to be done, but... Well, it was probably going to be done one day, but I didn't think it would happen as quick as it did with Mohamed Salah. Um, and yeah, and that goal gave Liverpool a lot of confidence on the ball. Um, it allowed the defence to just do their own thing. Reese Williams winning a lot of headers, which I like to see. Fabinho assuring that calmness along his back line, making sure everyone does their jobs. Um, Leighton Clarkson... This boy is quite small. I think he's about. He looks about five foot five. I I don't know if it's the camera angle or if it's him, but he looks like the tiniest centre midfielder I've ever seen. And I thought Shakiri was short. Um, yeah, but Leighton Clarkson, he was tidy. He was pinging a lot of good balls, early balls, reading when to make the right passes. Um, it remind he reminded me of Joe Allen. Who, if you remember Joe Allen, if you know, you know. Um, he was like a Joe Allen type player with how he was making sure the ball was always ticking and he's just game reading of the situation was there. He was trying to feed a lot of balls to Jota, but it just quite wasn't coming off. Jota was, to be honest, throughout the whole first half, he was starved of service. He was starved of service and um. Origi was doing the Origi type stuff again. So Liverpool on a counter attack. This is when this this should have been a 2-0 moment. Um Salah passing 1-2 with Divock Origi. Origi has all the time in the world. There's not a defender around him. At least eight yards minimum. But it, the ball's rolled to the box and he tries to finesse it with curl, but he hits it so poorly, the ball just goes straight past the keeper, past the post. It was a shocking, shocking miss. And it was a classic Divokarigi lackluster first half performance where this boy just looks disinterested, unmotivated to play the sport of football. And I genuinely think Origi's lost the passion to play football because I've... It, Usually footballers play with emotions. You always see footballers play with emotions. But Origi is constantly emotionless to the point where it doesn't look like he cares about his craft and his performance. He doesn't show frustration when he's doing something wrong. Um, That was the chance to make it 2-0. But other than that, 
attacking wise there wasn't really much happening from Liverpool after that first goal defensively Liverpool were had to, had to switch on there was a near scary moment um Midgillen whipped the ball in I think Midgillen were on a break they whipped the ball in to the back post uh one of their strikers heads it over Trent over Keller here um Keller here tries to cover the near post the ball kind of loops over both of them Fabinho, excellent in reading this situation. Remember what he did with Ajax when he cleared the ball off the line? Well, Fabinho goes and does it again. He reads the situation where the ball looks like it was about to go in, clears it off the line casually as you do, calms all the defenders to deal with the situation, and they dealt with the situation. And that's why Fabinho is precious, because his intelligence to read game situations is unreal. It's so underestimated. He is phenomenal. And that's why I didn't want him to play today. Because if he got injured, that game against Tottenham, we need him. Fabinho and Matip has to be the centre-back partnership for the Spurs game. I'm just praying nobody gets injured for that game. The back four, hopefully back five. Maybe Keller Hill, Alisson, Robertson, centre-backs, Matip, Fabinho and then Trent. Yeah, that was your pretty you know, that for for talking about the Spurs game. Oh, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about that after my analysis. So yeah, that was the relatively the first half. Um, it wasn't great, but it was like eh. But you could understand why because it's a friendly game. Uh, second half starts now. Um, substitution is made. Um, we bring on another academy player, Billy Contemuto. I probably mispronounced his name wrong. An 18-year-old centre-back French defender. Um, and I've heard he's not a good defender. Um, he, he played in an academy game where he got substituted at half-time. So it wasn't looking promising, to be honest. Um, but I'd rather Rafinho gets the rest and let the young player make mistakes as they do. Um, oh yeah, Keita. I didn't talk about Keita in that first half. Sorry, I have to backtrack a little bit. I didn't really talk about the midfield enough. Um, obviously, Keita, it was his first game back from injury. Um, but on the ball, he just looked really, really, really rusty. But it's okay. He's allowed to be rusty. He had two. He had an injury layoff for two weeks. Um, so that means lack of match fitness and sharpness. He came in as a cameo against Wolves on Sunday. Starts his first full proper game since returning from injury. Was he always going to be 100%? Of course not. Um, if there's a game where you're going to be rusty, this is the game where there's nothing on the line. It's a friendly game. So build your fitness up. Shake all the mistakes off. And then work on the craft in training. And then you might even start the Wolf, the Fulham game on Sunday. And who knows how you might do then. Um... Minamino, uh, once again, it, it's like, bless him for trying, but physique-wise, I just don't see it. He, every time he tries to do something, he's like getting bounced off the ball. I said it in a podcast against Brighton that um, he always looks like tackling him is like tackling your little brother. Like, the way he can just... You can just remove him off the ball at will if you want. But Minamino is a trier. So, I feel guilty for being 
for criticising his performance. But, um, yeah, he's just doing... He's just trying. He's trying, but it's not to a good enough standard. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, there's no physical prowess about Minamino. And he's nearly been here one year now. And I know for six million, there's practically no expectation. If you come off great, you're a bargain. If you don't come off great, it's all good. You're only six million pounds. So you're stuck between a good place, really. So I wasn't overly concerned. But yeah, anyway, Fabinho comes off, um, started the second half. And my God, the difference without him is scary. Because now you've got a young back four. you got Trent, obviously, he was captain. He's the senior younger. He's 22, but really, he's, so, he's still young enough to be like a kid in a way. Do you know what I'm saying? Reese Williams, 19 years old. you got a 19-year-old, an 18-year-old. And uh, 21, I'm not sure how, to, how old Tomiscus is. It was very inexperienced backline. And Midgillen were pouncing. They, they saw that. They started, they changed their tactics to Sam Allardyce type football. Lots of hoofing the ball. Winning second balls to create a chance to see what would happen. And Tomiscus was so busy in that start of the second half. He had to put in blocks. He had to put in last-ditch interceptions. Uh, he had to put his body on the line constantly. Um, and there was another moment where Midgillen had the ball whipped in. Second ball bounces to one of their strikers. They turn, they shoot, it hits the crossbar. So Midgillen was sensing a goal was happening. And we were just overwhelmed. The midfield couldn't get going. There was a miss. Cato and Clarkson couldn't. Like, ease the pressure of the defenders. Um, and Salah and Jota and Origi were just isolated because there's no service. Because obviously, Midgillen were just constantly dominating. And then um, Tomiscus gets in a tackle, but injures himself and comes off worse off. And this was like an hour in. So, and he wanted to get substituted, which meant, unfortunately, Robertson doesn't get a rest. He had to come on. We had to bring on Andrew Robertson. Um, but before that before that incident even happened, before Robertson came on, um, we, Tomiscus came off and there was a long ball again coming in from Midgillen. From initial live action, it looked offside. I thought it was offside. All of LFC Twitter and social media... Thought he was offside. Um, the ball falls to the Midgillen winger, the striker. He's one on one with um, Kelleher. Kelleher tries to make himself big. Um, as the, the striker shoots, there's like a coming together, but it looks like Kelleher's fouled him when really there was a coming together. And then um, it looked like the ball was going to go in, but then Leighton Clarkson, who had to fill in that left back at the time, clears the ball. And then um, for throwing, and then the ball, VAR check the replay for offside again, just to make sure, because the linesman did flag for offside. And then the second VAR option was 
to check for a penalty. And this is when I was confused because I generally thought that it was offside. Everyone looks offside clear as day. Um, and in the, and, and the action replays with the VAR, you don't see the lines being drawn like you do in the Premier League. And then the referee, they tell the referee, go check on the monitor. He checks on the monitor and it's a penalty. And Keller here gets booked with a yellow card. I was thinking, what's going on? How, how did we get here? If he's offside, why are they checking for a penalty? It just didn't make any sense to me. But then they give, they're given a penalty. Midgillen step up, they equalise. Um, and then Klopp decides, let me bring on more senior players. <laughs> So then Henderson comes on, Cater comes off, um, obviously Robertson comes on, Tomiscus comes off. Um, so we've done three out of the five subs. Um, but then even with Henderson coming on, Midgillen was still looking assertive, still looking frightening. Um, and it was just about withstanding that pressure and trying to get that organisation in check. And that was Henderson's role. Um and then we had another substitution. Uh, who who came on as the fourth sub? Ah, uh, this is bugging me. Apologies. Somebody came on as a fourth sub, and I can't remember who it was. I know Mane came on last. Oh, Firmino. Apologies. Firmino comes on. Origi finally comes off. Thank God. Once again, another game where Origi doesn't prove himself. I, I'm telling you, quote me, remember this episode. One day Origi will write a book and say, after the Champions League, I just lost complete interest in football. I'll be amazed if he hasn't declared he's lost his interest in football and he's only doing this for money. Because that's that's the that's the feeling I get with Origi. It was another disaster class of a performance. You're 25 years old. This is meant to be your prime years. What are you showing us? You're showing us you're not good enough to play at this Liverpool standard. And from when last season Origi said, um, I'm happy to be a fringe player and be on the bench and let the front three do their thing. That's worrying. That's not the words I want to hear as a manager. I want to hear, I want to knock the door down. I want to hear if one of the front three slip up that you got to put me in. But he didn't get that from Klopp. And Klopp decided, and Pep Linders decided to get Jota in. Who can infiltrate and and put the front three under pressure to work better and perform better. Um, but yeah, Firmino comes on. And it's just about just trying to contain the game, really. Um, and then we have another counter-attacking option. Jota could have played a lovely through ball. He could have played a lovely through ball to Salah. Uh, he doesn't do it. He underhits this through ball. I don't think Jota's good on the left. On the left, his his most his most frightening position is when he's playing centrally. When he plays centrally, this guy is a demon. He can't he can't be contained. When you play him on the wing, he's not just he's not effective because the through balls are just not clicking when he tries to attempt them. Um, and then we have another controversial moment at the end. Um, Henderson whips the ball in. Sadio Mane heads it. It comes off a uh, um, Midgillen defender. Minamino's onside. The ball falls to Minamino. He shoots, he scores. It should have been 2-1 to Liverpool. So you would think. But um, 
VAR has to step in once again. VAR referee checking with his guy in his headset. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going to have to have a look at this one. Uh, here we go again. Referee goes to the monitor, checks. Henderson whips the ball in. They slow-mo this. Sadio Mane heads it. It looks like the head... As Sadio Mane heads it, it looks like it's come off the Midland player's arm. Then the ball falls to Minamino, who scores. So in my head, I was thinking, are they looking for a penalty? Because there's no offside issue. Sadio Mane is onside. Minamino is onside. That's the only reason I was thinking about. But they look at this replay so many times... They now think is Sadio Mane did Sadio Mane handball this as he heads it as he heads it down? Did it actually come off Mane? The referee decides that it came off Mane's hand, not the Midland player. So another goal disallowed thanks to VAR. Lovely. If it's not the Premier League messing us up, is UEFA. Um again, I try not to rage because it's a friendly game. But it's annoying when you see VAR take so long to make a decision that's not clear and obvious. So then it was the... If it's not clear and obvious, reward the goal. Reward the goal. If you're taking too long to decide what it is and what it isn't, then clearly whatever the the initial action was in play should, should stand. But we didn't get that. Um... And yeah, and then obviously Kelly has to make another last minute save, um, 95th minute. And yeah, Liverpool share the points with Midland. Um, thankfully, the only injury that happened was to Tomiscus, and that was our backup left back. Robertson was fine, Henderson was fine, Salah, who played 98 minutes, fine. Um, Sadio Mane barely got minutes, so he he's still fresh as a fiddle. Um, Players that would have usually started but didn't play at all. Your Genie Wijnaldums, your Curtis Jones, they got full-on 90-minute rest. So you would presume they would start against um, Fulham. So the midfield would probably be Genie, Hendo, Curtis Jones with Kato on the bench, which is a good option to have. And Trent played a full 90 as well. So, And I believe we'll see Trent start on Sunday. Why wouldn't he start? Um and yeah, so no injuries, no major injuries to the senior players. So yeah, that's about it really. That's a, there's not really much to complain about other than the officiating today, which was a bit fugazi. But it was a friendly game, so a Champions League friendly game. So essentially, I didn't really care that much. The important thing is Liverpool already finished top of the group, and we knew that from last week. So it's on to Sunday now, Fulham away. And then the big one, one week from now, Liverpool versus Spurs, which could arguably be the title decider in December. Um, both teams are joint top of the league. After the Fulham game, we could still be joint top of the league. Um, and then it comes down to Wednesday at Anfield. So, And we know how Mourinho is like. Mourinho either produces a masterclass or a disaster class when it comes to big games like this. So far, he seems to be getting it right with uh, the big teams. Um, obviously, beat Man City, beat beat Arsenal, um, etc. But yeah, we'll talk about 
the Tottenham situation after the Fulham game. My man of the match for today. Uh, <laughs> whew. That's a tricky one. I am not quite sure. I'm not quite sure who would give man of the match to. Maybe, I'd say Fabinho. Because even though it came off at half-time, Fabinho looked the most tidy out of everyone there. And he only played 45 minutes, but he looked the most tidy, he looked the most consistent. I'd give it to him. So yeah, thank you guys for listening to LFC Reactions. Oh my God, this podcast was half an hour. (laughs) I managed to make a friendly match last half an hour on the podcast. Apologies that this podcast was again half an hour long. I'm trying to cut it down to 20 minutes, but... um, this is the when contra- when controversial things happen, you talk about it, so you don't even realize how much time flies by in the moment as well. So yeah, thank you guys for listening to LSE Reactions. Tune in on Sunday to hear my post match analysis of the Fulham game. Um, also, keep liking, keep supporting me. I appreciate every single listener. Um, all my Australian fans, everyone, every single country, UK, wherever you may be around the world. Um, again, I will put my socials in the description, my Twitter social, feel free to follow. Um, and that's about it, really. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to, listening to LSE Reactions.